Viewer discretion is advised. There's parts of it that make me sad, obviously, but then parts of it that make me like just so fill me with gratitude, like the fact that someone would have done that for me. Mandate. Welcome to Mandate, where we never get fresh perspectives and nothing's off the table. Tonight's guest is originally from Levin, but but um, but for many years now, uh, resides in Tamaki Makoto. He is a broadcaster and also a former radio DJ on the radio station The Edge on the Morning Crew, um, but also an avid author uh, with three bestsellers. Um, his books are called uh, Bucket List of an Idiot and also Childhood of an Idiot. Uh, running, uh, a love story, but also very passionate about running and marathons. And in recent times, he's also started his own podcast called Runners Only. And so, yeah, it's a. Are you are you reading this? Is no, no, not reading. I'm not reading. Spitting this <laughs> off the top of your head. Yeah, top of the head. Top of the head. <laughs> I thought there was like an auto cue. That's um. Wow, you memorised my my shitty book titles. Mate, mate, hey, hey, you got some good books. So, hey, bestsellers, three best uh, bestsellers. Uh, but also, he's very passionate about, um, like I said before, marathons and running. And uh, he interviews a lot of people in terms of um, the same who share the same passion as he does. And so, please put your hands together for the familiar voice, the man himself, Dom Harvey. Oh, there's a oh, there's a sound effect we don't need to. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I've, um, I'm a big fan of you guys, and when you asked me to come on your podcast, I was um, stoked and humbled. Your, your your video content is next level, and your podcasts are great. Um, and your guests have been great, and it's an absolute honour to be here, and I mean that. Oh, mate, thank you so much. We, we appreciate you coming out here, Dom. And same thing, likewise, your, your podcast is, is amazing, uh, but also the, the you know, we can't say it, AJ, AJ's not really myself and I, or myself and, and you and Charles, it's, we got to give credit to the man himself, Brad, Bradley Busby. So Brad at the back there, Shout and so, uh, but hey, Dom, thank you so much for coming. Um, if anything, before we kind of dive into the conversation, um, mate, How's life been after radio? Because I know you, you left 2021, but how's life been in terms of you kind of getting out of radio and what's it been like in terms of, has it been a bit of a roller coaster or has it just been something that's just been just just amazing for you? It's been, it's been good. It's been, um, it's been interesting in the respect that um, I did this, the same job uh, at the same, the same role at the same station for 20 years. Um, and, when you do something that long, you almost become, you, you do become defined by it in a way. So I'd find I'd make phone calls to people and, uh, yeah, for work and say, hey, it's Dom from the edge here. So it was like, it would just roll off the tongue like that. So suddenly losing that bit of identity was um, kind of kind of scary in a way, I guess, but also um, necessary and good. Um, so it's been a bit of a journey of, I suppose, rediscovering who I am again and, um yeah, yeah, and it's it's been, it's been really nice. Uh, it's it's been it's been a really nice, pleasant journey. I'm still on that journey at the moment. Cool, because I can imagine it would be quite hard, eh, Dom? Because you you were in radio for 20 years and on the edge for 20 years, mm. and so how would like, it, it could, yeah? Just if you could tell us a little bit about the transition, was it like easy for you to kind of step on? You know, what's time for a change? Or was it was like, oh, I don't know. I'm just kind of just kind of jump it, you know, just jump. And, and see what happens. Well, I knew I wanted to, um, I've wanted to do, to do a podcast for a long time and I feel like it's one of those ones I never would have got around to doing because you're always just too busy. Um, so it was good. I finished up, um, had like five or six months off and we went into lockdown, which wasn't ideal. <laughs> so um, I initially, I, I, I drank a lot and had a lot of late nights. Like when you do a breakfast radio show, I, I, and I think to, to, to do it well and for a long period of time, you have to take it um, 
way more serious than, than what it probably deserves. So I was very disciplined. I was in bed by nine o'clock every night. Um, I couldn't have more than like one or two glasses of wine on a weeknight. Um, I'd never go out for dinner with friends, you know, unless it was like a 6 p.m. sort of dinner. And I had very strict rules like that. And you, you become quite sort of isolated in a way. It's like, you, yeah, you just you have week, like Friday night, Saturday night friends, and that's sort of about it. So it's been nice um, yeah, re-establishing friendships and not being a slave to the alarm clock, I guess, in a way. Cool, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. You mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, um, about um, having to take it quite seriously and being really disciplined. Is that something that you kind of had to learn on the job, or have you always had that kind of personality, being disciplined? And oh, mate, yeah, I reckon it's probably me. To be fair, like there's a lot of people in radio that don't, and I've worked with some of those people, and I got frustrated. So that's more a me problem than a work <laughs> problem. But it's like it, it is one. It, no, it's one. It's one of those things. Like um, you know, it's a performance based thing. So yeah, the ratings get taken very seriously. And you need to perform, and if you don't perform, like um, the spotlight's going to be on you, and you know you might lose your job, and it's the only thing I sort of knew how to do. So, I I took it real seriously, and uh, it's quite it's quite funny because I suppose that anyone that listens to the radio, it's like um, if if we're doing our job well, um, it should sound like we're having a good time and it's fun, and it creates a good vibe for the people that are listening. But um, yeah, actually, a lot of work goes into that, uh. a heap of work, and I'm, I'm not just talking about our radio show, like whatever whatever you may listen to. Um, yeah, yeah, my, um, uh, my, my girlfriend who I met, um, in January this year, so she's never known me as the guy off the radio. Um, we were in the car driving and we, I won't say what radio show we were listening to, but <laughs> they were, they were just talking about, I don't know, just a, just a lame story. And she was like, when you were on the radio, like, did, did you tell lame stories like that? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> like part of me laughed because I know, I, I, I know the guys that I was listening to and I was like, oh. Stink, <laughs> but I was like, Yeah, you gotta understand. It's like anyone that's doing a radio show, it's like you talk after every song. Um, so there's going to be a lot of crap content in there, you know. Not everything can be, you know, can be a, a home run or a, a six or smash it out of the park. Wow, man, because I could imagine, Dom, because like you said, I think you mentioned it earlier on radio, you can be like, Okay, it's kind of like performance, you have to kind of perform and you have to kind of, I don't know, if you do you have to put on a persona or you know do you, do you have to like act like someone else or um but uh, were there times in, in radio where you felt like man i just oh, this is not who i really am was it was it ever a time like that 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. you start to yeah especially when you do it that long because you you do you, you have like um i mean it's almost like a character role thing in a way so there's um three people on most breakfast shows and you can't like if say the tv show friends you you, you couldn't have three Joey Tribbianis. You need, like, clearly defined characters. And radio shows are, are the same. You can't have three people with the same opinion because it's just not going to work. So you do have to take a stance. And I, I suppose my role um, was to, you know, was to, like, poke the bear a little bit. You know, oh, Dom, he's the guy that says what everyone's thinking. <laughs> um, but, you know, I still have to own it. Even though it was, like, a character to a degree, I was still saying those things. So you got you got to own it. Wow. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, with the podcast now, I can be, uh, you know, my complete authentic self. And I, I don't have to... I don't have to have like a, you know, that sort of mask of bravado on or, you know, be a jackass or try and piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and speaking of the podcast, was that always the original idea? 
um, in terms of the theme that you have, or was that something that developed over time, or was it between leaving radio that the idea came? Um, yeah, so, so after leaving radio, so I finished radio like June, July last year, so I thought I'll, I'll have the rest of the year off um, and just think about some things, develop some ideas, and then the intention was to kick it off um, earlier this year, 2022, right about the same time as you guys, actually. Mm. Um and I spoke to a few people and everyone was like, um, oh, you need a niche, you need a niche. Because I was just like, oh, I'll just do like um, you know, like a Joe Rogan thing. I'll just call it the Dom Harvey podcast. They're like, no, you need a niche, you need a niche. So I'm passionate about running, so I called it Runners Only. But it, it's sort of, um, I don't know, it, it, it's evolving and it continues to evolve. And the, some of the conversations with people just, yeah, we, I get to the end and I'm like, oh, damn, we haven't even talked about running. Some of them there's a <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know. I'm pretty much like you guys in that, um, um, you, you know, in terms of um, media, like the, the podcast platforms are fairly new sort of thing and we're all sort of, you know, navigating our way through this uncharted territory in a way. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm intrigued by it. And so I want to do it well. That's so cool, man. That's so cool. It's kind of like you bring the excellence um, from radio to, to your podcast. And it, it, it is like you were saying, because sometimes you, you could be talking about having a good yarn or having a good talanoa with the, with the guest that you kind of totally forget about the actual, um, because the actual point or the focal point. But I think the, the cool thing about the podcast, like you're saying, um, Dom, is that the content, some of the content that comes out as people can be quite vulnerable. I think we talked about early on that people, for some reason, they kind of pour out their hearts while they're, you know, while they're guests on podcasts. What, what do you think that's? What, what do you think that's the case? I, I, I as someone that um has a like a broadcast and uh, radio history, I don't know, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out because it's like um on radio, like you would have someone in for an interview or a conversation, and you'd have a chat with them, and then it's it's out there and it and it's gone. Um, but people are more guarded. Whereas a podcast, this lives online forever. But yeah. you have people. Um, saying things that they they may be saying for the first time, or they've never said in any other sort of public forum. Like I listened to you guys with um, Joey D the other week, mm. Joey Damon, who's a fantastic guy, and uh, yeah, there was some massive, massive vulnerability in that chat. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Awesome. Yeah, oh, cool, man. Uh, I'm curious about some of the um, some of the moments in terms of some of the interviews you've had over your career, um, and if there were any. Yeah moments there where you like a guest has said something really profound that you're like it just feels like it was specifically for you i don't think so i don't think there's anything that springs to mind if i'm i mean if i thought long and hard maybe but all, all those interviews um on radio they're very very transactional they're very very quick so we'll have um we'll have a 10 minute slot with say ed sheeran and then straight after that, he'll have a 10 minute shot slot with more FM. And then, and then straight after that, the breeze. And then, you know, <laughs> ZM, the hits, whoever. Um, so it's, you find they're sort of on autopilot. So the, you know what I mean? Gotcha. So, so it's not like an invite. I feel like when you do a podcast with someone, if you're sitting down with someone for an hour, like you, you get to peel back those superficial layers. Actually, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go back to your previous question. Like, um, yeah, th those, those radio and those sort of, junkety sort of interviews it's just not really the space to say something profound i guess wow I, you, I, I don't know yeah i don't know unless i mean if if you ask the right question potentially but it just doesn't feel like it's um it's the the you know the the time or the occasion to go deep because mm. i do realize you guys have a time frame eh, in terms of when guests come over 
Yeah, yeah, it's always a time frame, and it's always real short. So the bigger the artist, the shorter it is. I remember um, <laughs> we we, we uh, Destiny's Child came to New Zealand like years ago. They were playing at the. Do you remember the Mount Smart Super? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was I think it was called Ericsson Stadium back yeah, then. Yeah, they were playing there. So we, we had, there was interviews backstage, and we were allowed to choose. And it was like, okay, you're allowed. Four minutes with Beyonce, <laughs> eight minutes with Kelly Rowland, or 20 minutes with Michelle. <laughs> 20 minutes? Wow. What's so I think from memory we chose, we chose Michelle, and then after the 15 minutes we were like, yeah, we're done. Oh, <laughs> wow, man. But I think because they had to divvy the time depending on, you know. Uh, so maybe if they had, they, I'm guessing each, each member of uh, D-Child had like an hour of media each. So That's crazy. Must have only been us and two other people that wanted to speak to Michelle. <laughs> So when you're interviewing people like that, are you getting sort of directives? Because I guess suppose like you kind of want to be memorable, but then you must have there must be an agenda of things you want to ask and promote. Um, how how is it in terms of finding that balance and and having a say, or is there a no say and you just kind of you, you, often, you often get um from the publicist in advance like um a list of things that you're not allowed to talk about. So um um say you were talking to Chris Rock. They'd probably be, the publicist would be like, okay, don't talk about the slap. And so the funny thing is, <laughs> the thing that they always say don't talk about is the one thing that everyone was asked. Yeah, everyone was asked. So my job sometimes was to try and sort of try and sort of like sneak that in and bring that in, and often it would result in the publicist coming on saying, <laughs> "Interview's over, guys." Um, yeah, but sometimes, sometimes that that made it quite funny. I don't know. Oh. But it's um it's it's nice being in a space now where um yeah I, I don't you know like it never feels good when you go home from work knowing you've pissed some people off. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure, Tom? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, sometimes it felt okay, but then I'll be sit, sit, sitting in the corner of the shower crying. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> uh, I'm glad you kind of. I guess you say this, it's kind of a bit of a, a segue, um, Tom, because. You know, you, you, you piss people off and, you know, sometimes. <laughs> it could be, potentially. Um, but also with your running in the marathons, because I know in terms of mental wellness and mental, you know, mental health, that has to be a massive part of you, know, of, of you and, your, and your mental stability. Yeah. Oh, a- a- absolutely. So um, I say to people, like, for me, for me, I understand running's, running's controversial. Like, it's not for everyone. Um, a lot of people hate it, but maybe because you were made to do the school cross country or whatever, and you've got bad memories of that. But um, running for me is sort of where where I found my peace and clarity. And I say to I say to people like, maybe running's not your thing, and that's cool. But I think any sort of um, physical exercise, uh, yeah, will will give you that sort of benefit. So yeah, I just encourage people to get out there and get moving. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I I love it. Like running, running's it for me. But for someone else, maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's tennis. Maybe it's walking. Maybe it's touch rugby, whatever. But um, any sort of movement, it's just it's just good. It's quite funny, eh? Because it's like for the last maybe hundred years or whatever, everyone's known about the, the the physical benefits of exercise. But it's only feels like it's like the last 10, 15 years that people are starting to talk about the benefits exercise has from the neck up, wow. which seems remarkable, eh? Man, you're right because people have been exercising for years, and now it seems like it's kind of like it's. Very, very popular now. People want to exercise, and now mental health, tied with mental health and f- the physicality, it's um, something that's kind of rejuvenated again. I think. I think what you're saying with the, the running, mm. and so with the running and so forth, and, and the marathons, 
was it were you playing sports before then? Was there something else you were doing? Were you playing rugby or were you was it just just running was just seemed like <laughs> Nah. I um <laughs> I I I was so uncoordinated as a kid. Eh? <laughs> I was terrible. I, I loved cricket more than anything oh, and God. I was just terrible at it, eh? Terrible. And it was devastating because you know, you want to be good at it. And then you go there on the on Saturday morning and you get out for a duck every weekend or you may manage to luck one or two runs and, and that was it. And then I was shit at bowling, so they just like the, the the coach who was someone's dad just put me on the boundary to field. So I could I could legit go a whole game of cricket on a Saturday morning without touching the ball once. Um yeah, I just wasn't good at it. Same same as rugby, they just put me out on the wing because I was just no good. So I sort of gravitated towards running a bit when I was school age. Um, just because it was a solo sport and, you know, you do your own thing. But I was never fast or, or good at it. And then when I stopped, when I left school, I stopped it immediately and had a gr- got into radio when I was 17 and had a fabulous time in my 20s. Just, um, you know, just eating shit food, uh, drinking a lot, going out with my mates Thursday, Friday and Saturday night sort of thing. And then I got to 30 and I was just, um, I, I was just kind of miserable. Like I, I didn't like the way I looked. Um, you know, when you stand naked in front of the mirror, like I, I didn't like the person, I didn't like the way I looked, I didn't like the way I felt. So I started running because uh, I remembered from school it was a good way to lose weight. So that was the only reason I started. And I'd um, I'd go for like a 4K run, then stand on the scales and be like, oh, how did I not lose any weight? Wow. <laughs> so you spend like 10 years like eating potato fritters every day, <laughs> drinking whatever you want, then you expect to lose it like that. But I kept, I kept at it and then um, after a while I – just sort of, and I didn't even realise this had happened. It just happened so gradually. I stopped obsessing about the, the, the weigh-in and I didn't even weigh myself anymore. And then over time, I just, you know, I, I felt good mentally, so I wasn't worried so much about the physical. And then the, the physical just came along eventually. Oh, man. But it was a real real slow progression. But now it's like, uh, yeah, if I go for a few days without doing some sort of movement, then I just feel ratty. I, I just don't feel the same. Mm, yeah. Mm, wow. I'm curious about that transition from like enjoying running and that journey and then going like next level marathon because that, that's a serious commitment. So uh, I'm curious about that transition of what that was like in terms of mentally for you to think, yeah, actually, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. Well, um, my, my, my mum's uh, 71 now and she's, she's, she's a marathon runner. She, she always has been. Um, she still runs marathons now. Um, so when you when you when your mum does something, you're like, well, if mum can do it, <laughs> right. of course I can yeah. do it. So it never seemed um, it never seemed like it was going to be that hard or that impossible for me. But it's only when I did my first one, it was like, oh shit, mum's mum's pretty special. Um, yeah, but there's um, I I don't know. I, I like the I like the mental challenge of it, and I like the um, I suppose the um, the I mean, when you finish your very first marathon, you cross that finish line and you have this feeling that anything you can do in life, anything you put your mind to in life, you can achieve. Like you feel that invincible at that moment because you've done something that's physically, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty out there. Um, and I like the, um, there's some parallels between like marathon running and life that I really like. It's like, um, you know, you go through dark patches and then it gets light again. Um, but if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you will end up finishing. And it's kind of like that when, when things get tough in life, you know, it's, uh, you know, there are, everyone has dark patches and you just have to keep moving, keep putting one, keep moving forward, one foot in front of the other. Wow. Just man. keep at it. Well said, um, Don, because it is the whole premise around 
mandate is, is about encouraging and inspiring other men, especially during the hard times. So I can imagine, uh, and I'm just, just speculating, you know, as, to, as to why you're running and so forth, and it's great for you mentally mm. and also physically. Like, has there been a, t- a time in, in your life where you just feel like, man, it's just... Man, just life just sucks at the moment. It's just yes, it's too hard, man. It's just I don't I don't feel like running anymore. I don't feel like running. I don't feel like running today. Thankfully, um, no, no. I, thankfully, I'm lucky. I've I've never had that. I was um, um JJ, who's uh, she. Yeah. We were married, and she is still to this day, yeah, you know, one of my one of my best friends and greatest supporters, and vice versa. Um, she, like she's on um anti depressants and she's she's got like a chemical imbalance in her brain so I've, I've been with her through some of her breakdowns where she's yeah, she she just physically doesn't want to get out of bed and she'll be in bed for you know like five days with the blinds shut and I'm thankful that I've never never been there um so I've always always been um able to get myself out of bed and get moving and I always feel better for it afterwards but I understand that there are other people that um aren't so lucky with that but the hard times thing you're talking about, 110%, everyone's going to, like, life's not smooth sailing for anyone. No one gets off scot-free. No one gets a free ride. So you just need to be be um, be resilient and build that resilience. And the best time to do that is when you're feeling good. Because that, um, yeah, that shit's going to happen. Everyone has shit going on at some point. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I was curious about um what... Like maybe an example of what one of those times might have been for you. Um, yeah, I only asked for that because I think there's a lot of us that might be able to relate in some way to to some of that struggle. Yeah, well, I suppose one um, one really big thing for me is um, uh, I, I had this um, this tumor uh, in my abdomen area, uh, which was was taken out. It was taken out non cancerous, um, but it was taken out about 15 years ago, and that left me. Um, with um, uh, infertility issues, so I, I I can't have my own kids. And JJ and I, uh, we really wanted to have a family, so we had years and years of um, IVF and fertility treatment. And um, I, I don't know. I think uh, at, at the time I wasn't overly good at processing it. I think um, I've become better at showing vulnerability over the years and it feels like there's there's been like a definite shift in the last few years where and you guys are a big part of this i think of encouraging you know guys to speak and mm. say what's on your mind but um yeah i feel like that's something that i've just sort of been processing finally like the last couple of years like what i went through because at the time it was just like we'd have a failed attempt and it'd be heartbreaking. JJ would cry about it, but I'd be like, no, come on, onwards and upwards, next round, <laughs> one foot in front of the other, yeah, keep moving yeah, forward. Yeah. And now it's like, um, yeah, so that's been a tough thing to deal with. Like to, I'm 49 now and I, I don't know, you, you, you grow up with this vision of how you see your life sort of playing out. And um, the second half of my life, I always saw it with kids and then maybe grandkids. And, uh, you know, just the, the richness that comes with having your own family. And now I have to um, adapt to having a completely different looking second half of my life. One that, um, that doesn't involve kids at all. Which, um, I mean, it's not all bad. <laughs> you know, when I, when I see, a, yeah, when, I, when I go around to a friend's place and I see the little <laughs> finger, finger marks all over the flat screen TV, I'm like, oh, that's not my TV. Um, oh, that's my place right now. <laughs> literally, yeah. TV's got a gumboot thrown in it, so we, there's like one stretch that's just been all blacked out. So, yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's pros and cons, I guess. Um, you're always, 
you always want what you can't have. So if, if you're sitting at home and you've got five kids and you've got toys everywhere and broken shit and smeared muesli bar on your sofa, you're probably like, oh man, I'd love to be like Dom and live in a sick bachelor pad with no kids. But then, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you just want, want what, you, what you don't have. But um, yeah, that, that's been a big thing for me to process. And it's been hard. And um, yeah, since then, JJ and I, uh, we've, we've broken up. And I have um, still like just a massive amount of like guilt and shame about that because um, she, she never really necessarily like wanted kids, but she just, she wanted them because she knew how bad I wanted them. So even though it was a male fertility issue, uh, she had to do most of the most of the hard work with that because it's just how fertility treatment works. So I feel so bad that I was like so I don't know single mindedly driven and pushing her into that, and she did that for me. And you know we're no longer together anymore. Oh, oh, it breaks my heart just thinking about it. But it's you know it, it's humbling at the same time. And I've got so much gratitude for what she like what she put her through, put herself through for us even though it wasn't ultimately successful. Yeah. Oh, right. Man, thank you for sharing that, mate. It just... Oh, it mate, I, you, you know, sometimes I can talk... Sometimes I, if I dwell on it for long enough... I went for... I don't think I cried during my 20s at all. <laughs> now if, I, um, if, if I'm sitting in my car and I'm just driving along and I'm on my own and I sit on a thought like that, like something that makes me... Um, makes There's parts of it that make me sad, obviously, but then parts of it that make me like just so fill me with gratitude like the fact that someone would have done that for me i that that can that can make me tear up mate. like just happy tears which i think is awesome yeah mate and if, even for you sharing that mate it's just that's some that's some deep stuff um dom because mm. yeah i could yeah we can only imagine aj like uh because, because i got kids as well yeah how many have you got i got two I got two kids what are their ages um one is 17 and one is 12 right so yeah oh um, second one unplanned <laughs> no, actually, that was that one was planned. The thing was planned. The thing was planned. And so it's funny, funny story, Tom. Got married. We got married straight away. In, this, in, my, in my mind, I was like, hey, you know what? Married. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna spend some quality time together as as, as a couple. When we have kids, probably the next five, six years, mate. First month, mate. Straight away. <laughs> What? what the hell? <laughs> so, hey, man, hey, hey, blessing, blessing in the skies, man, blessing. Uh, but yeah, just, just, just go with what you're saying and sharing, mate. It's, it's harder because I, I do. I, I, you know, part of me kind of feels bad, like, oh, mate, you know, just listen to what you're sharing. But you know, you can't deny the, the your your resilience, mate. And mm-hmm. if you just say, hey, you take the good, from, good off the bad, and still kind of, you know, still be upbeat about life. Because for some guys, and some guys maybe very well be listening to this. Okay, how does Tom do that? You know, and they were going through the same situation, Dom. And like, how does how do how do I go through this? How do I overcome this? And it is because you know how it is. Yes, you know, a lot of men like, oh, hey, family, we're gonna have kids and all that, all that kind of stuff, grandkids, and not be and then not be able to have kids. Like, man, that's mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's yeah. For some people, that's a dream. Their dreams are dashed. But I love that you just hey hey you take. Life and you just hey, this is the way it is. This is the cards I've been given, and, well, just, just, and just and move on. But I think that that's like that with everyone. With you, you know, things don't always work out the way you, the way you plan, right? Mm. And you just have to be um, adaptable and um, yeah, grow that resilience. I mean, and it's not, it's not. I mean, it is what it is. It's not the worst thing ever. 
It does scare me a little bit. It's like, <laughs> I, like, I, like I, I don't know. Like I, I see my mum now, and she's in in seventies and uh, early seventies, and she's all over Facebook, and she's just so in touch with um with her with her grandkids, and it's like a big part of her life. And it's like when I'm that age, like what's gonna like what's gonna keep me going? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like if if you don't, ha- what, what do you have? Just a few mates in the retirement village. Yeah. It's um, it's quite from a selfish perspective. It's like who's gonna who's gonna wipe my ass? <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's any guarantees your kids are gonna do that. For you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, Tom. Man. Maybe. <laughs> Thanks so much for for sharing that. Though. I, I just sort of reminded of um, just quickly me and my wife. We when we got married in 2010, we'd been. You know, same thing. We grew up in a big family of eight. Um, so Bradley's my brother. So we we grew up together, and it was always a thing to like want to have kids. And uh, I found that my brothers were having kids, and I'm the oldest, and we weren't having kids. And it took us nine years, and on the verge of divorce because we our whole our whole thing was like you know we're married so that we can have a family, mm. and if we couldn't have a family, you know it was the only thing that my wife ever wanted. She just wanted to be a mother, and I felt like such a failure that I couldn't provide that for her. And so I had tried to encourage her to give up on the dream because I was I, I busied myself with stuff so I didn't have to think about it and mm. I wanted to replace the guilt and the shame of not being able to have kids by just going out and whatever career path I choose, I'm going to go and be the best at it because that would in some way make up for the fact that I couldn't give my wife this one thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, we it was really dark times for our relationship and I, even now I look back and I feel so bad um, and so it still eats away at me a little bit and so I just have moments where it's like it never truly goes away, um, you just get better at sort of fighting it um, and so yeah, I, I just, I don't know how much of that relates to, to mm. how, oh, what you're going through. But it's very similar, so do you, do you have kids now? I have kids yeah. now, so I've got two kids now, a three-year-old um, and a eight month old. Did you steal them at the mall? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they, no. So, what, so what, what happened? Did you did you need fertility treatment or no? We we couldn't afford it. So right. yeah, um, that's it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. So it was just we had just been fighting and yeah. When we came to we had sort of gone to church and you know confessed that our relationship was just in a shambles. Um, and she was thinking of moving back to Auckland because I was staying in Wellington at the time. And um, we were thinking of calling it quits. And then then the news came and she found out she was pregnant. And then everything changed. Um, and then I think from then, yeah, just life was never the same. And so it was like my redemption of I can give something back to her. And I, whoever this kid becomes, I can give everything to make sure, wow. you know, they have a better life than I did. And yeah, all that sort of stuff. Do you think it was like a prayer miracle? I don't know. Mm. I feel like it was, but that's a long time trying without success. Yeah, and I just it's. Were you just wearing a condom all those years? (laughs) (laughs) Whoops, that's what I've been doing. I thought I had the reverse effect. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I thought there were baby making devices. Yeah, sorry, that was an inappropriate joke and inappropriate time. That's why. Oh, honestly, it definitely creates. like that wasn't the the reason like JJ and I broke up, but it definitely like creates like an unnecessary strain on the relationship for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, and and it, and it does like as a as a man, it definitely makes you feel I don't know like you're not doing your 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 role or your duty as a as a husband. I don't know. Mm. 
I know. But it's one of those ones that I, much like you with your career, like I, I suppose I just buried it down and kept on charging forward. And it's only been like the last couple of years that I've you know, had, had time to like pause and reflect and breathe about things and finally sort of process this stuff a bit. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's funny because I think for a long time I, I sort of felt like I deserved this. Like I must have done something horrible in my childhood that I was being punished for. Um, so I know there was a lot of self-blame and yeah. And I think religion, yeah, growing up, moving from religion to religion or not having religion at all kind of made it a bit murkier. But I think taking the time out to seek help and, you know, decompress a little bit, reflect and unpack some things really, really helped. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's all he can say. Well, Mr. Silver Bullets here. <laughs> no. Yeah, we were married for we were married for eight minutes and boom. <laughs> hey, mate. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> hey, mate. Hey, props, props to both of you. Props for both of you for, for sharing that because this is the first time I've even heard this. Some Tom. Yeah. Like I know Jay and then. Uh, for for some time now, but hey, Jay, I didn't I didn't even know that, mate. Uh, yeah, so bro, just hey, props to you, man, for for just sharing it. Yeah, well, just, I pr- I appreciate that, and I I um I, I wouldn't consider myself religious at all um, nowadays, but I, I was born and raised like a Catholic, and there is still I I resonate with what you're saying because there's like still a a huge amount of like that that thing they call Catholic guilt. <laughs> so you know, there's things that you just you just feel guilty all the time about things. Which is it's ter- it's a it's a big burden. It's a heavy yeah. burden to carry. It is, and it, especially as men as well, Dom. You know, like you were saying, you know, sometimes when you know, as men, we we're, we're kind of yeah. There's a thought of hey, you got to be warriors, you got to be strong, mm. you got to be tough, and also there's there's also this vulnerability now, and that's quite popular to talk about our, our yeah. emotions, which is good. Um, but also at the same time, and what are your thoughts for both of you? What are your thoughts in terms of obviously men are now beginning to talk and share mm. and be vulnerable. But do you think there's such a thing of being too vulnerable? What do you reckon, Tom, Jay? Oh, oh, that's... I, I don't know. What do you mean? Like oversharing? Yeah, oh, what no, do you no, mean? Like, exactly. Yeah, you know, sometimes we kind of share and we kind of we, we come, we come, yeah, quite you know, sentimental and we get emotional and, and we start to cry, which is cool. I think there's nothing mm. wrong with that. But I don't know. I think there's... there's, there's I, I kind of cross my mind. Like, you know, are we getting a bit too emotional? Or are we? Is, is there is there a fine balance of okay? Let's be vulnerable, but also, you know, let's still be men. Yeah, yeah. What, what, are, what are your I, thoughts? I, I don't know. So I went to a, I went to an all boys school. I went to Palmer's North Boys High, and um, you, you would never show any weakness at all because any weakness, any vulnerability you show will be weaponized against you when you least expect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you you just have your walls up. You'd be staunch. Um, and I suppose to a degree, I, I carried that through my radio career as well because, um, you know, uh, there was like trolls and listeners could text and mean things. So anything you say could be used against you. But so I've, um, I feel like my walls are still quite high. So I, I know the importance of, um, you know, being, being honest and being vulnerable. But I, I still think I personally have a long way to go. But yeah, I don't know about I don't know about other. But I I think about conversations I have with some of my best friends, and it's like uh, we can spend hours, um, you know, just having a few drinks, talking absolute shit before we get to any real talk. <laughs> to this so I feel like um, I don't know. In my friends group, I, f- I feel like there's a long way to go before we're like, okay, that's too much vulnerability. <laughs> I don't know. What about you? Um, yeah, I, I think. I'm always cautious mainly for my wife, but I, I'm I'm pretty open about my struggles. I feel like because for ages I 
buried them. Um, it wasn't until I learned to accept, acknowledge them, I think was the biggest thing because I was in denial for most of my life. And so opening up and just talking to people, I think I, I really have nothing. I don't know. I've always just seen myself as like, I've got nothing to hide. There's nothing people would want from me. So mm. there's no harm in me being vulnerable. But the only yeah. thing I would be cautious of is, you know, from details with kids and, and yeah. my wife now, but anything about myself, I feel like I'm pretty open about it. Uh, although on platforms like this, there are times where, in my mind, yeah, yeah, yeah self edit. Yeah. But I think when I hear people like yourself just open up, it just, I can't not share. Like it just touches my heart so much that I feel like I have to share a part of myself and just let the guests know or whoever's shared their part of them to know that I've taken that on myself and, you know, it's really touched me and I love it so much so that here's a part of me in return and, and I'm completely okay with it. Yeah, I think it's a good, <clears throat> I think it's a good thing and it's a, it's kind of a, like a transaction in a way and there's there's probably lots of like young people listening to this podcast that'll think, oh, if, if these guys can do it, then uh, I can do it as well. Yeah. And it sort of starts that conversation. I don't, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I think you, you bring a good point, um, Dom. You know, I think there's a lot of there's a long way to go in terms of. I think it, it kind of for different individuals. You know, some some men like to you know like to be sentimental or emotional, which is cool. And then there's other men who are quite stoic and quite you know quite mm. staunch, which is still cool. And then it's just kind of like kind of chipping away at some of those conversations and mm. being able to, to be vulnerable. But if, if you can't allow yourself to like show some emotion and stuff, you're missing out on a, a fantastic part of life. Absolutely, hey, you really yeah, are. Yeah. You're right. There's nothing better than allowing yourself to like watch the Pixar movie up and have a happy cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that opening, yeah, yeah. I'm For sorry, sure. that was showing too much for <laughs> That was... Uh, oh, you got you across the line, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but when the lady dies and the balloon's on the house, it's very sad. Oh, mate. There's, there's something about that, though. And I, I think now you just made me think about like some of my closest friends are the ones I've opened up to. And... Being able to share a struggle and not know that actually they've had the same struggle. And so that struggle's connected us in ways that like we'll always be friends forever now, even if we don't see each other, you know, every day, every week, every month. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there is something there about being vulnerable that just helps bind people together. It's a, it's yeah, a bonding yeah, thing because yeah, you, yeah. you find if, if someone's, um, you know, reveals something like, you know, very secret or scary about themselves, suddenly you feel like, oh, it's safe for me to do the same. So if you're in a friends group where no one's doing that, um, maybe it's up to you to try and be the courageous one and get that ball rolling, um, which is bloody hard to do. And it, But you know what? It takes a massive set of balls to do that. So it doesn't mean you're weak or anything. You're actually showing strength. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree. Uh, you know, you could be in the midst of all these friends of yours and – Kind of, and you want to share something. You, someone else might be going through some stuff, and and we're too afraid to kind of share because you know the boys are going to go home, oh, either laugh at you or kind of mock you. But you're right; it takes a lot of strength to say, you know what, I'm going through, I'm going through some crap right now. I need a, I'll just throw it out there, and then you, you see it because I've seen it before, Dom and, and Jay. When you actually share or be be authentic, it just kind of breaks down the walls. And mm. the guys, oh, and the guys feel like you feel like you're giving them the freedom to say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going through some stuff as well. Yeah. So that's 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 absolutely. I believe it's true, mate. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. That's life. Like, every, yeah, we're all going to go through stuff at some point. Yeah. Every single one of us. Yeah, yeah, man. I think that's so important to remember. Like, you might not be going through a tough time now, but just remember that eventually you will. 
And so, yeah, yeah, I think being able to open up is really great. And I think something that I'm curious about, um, you know, you talked about your mother earlier. I was curious about, um, you know, was your mother ever open and vulnerable with with you and with topics? And, no, and like we, no, we weren't. We weren't one of those families at <laughs> all, eh? like at all. Um, yeah, it was really weird. So we were like we were super religious growing up so i was like super super secretive like i'd go out on the weekends with my friends and have a midnight curfew i remember like one night me and a, me and a, a bunch of friends we got, we got involved in a fairly bad car crash um like I'd, I had little glass cuts on my hands and for months i was finding like bits of glass in my pockets and stuff um and i i went home and i didn't even say anything to like mum or dad about it like uh and then mum the next week one of her one of her one of her friends her son was in the car so, uh, so mum found out about it that way and she was like so upset that I didn't tell her. But it's like I just didn't have that relationship where I felt like I could tell my parents anything. Um, yeah, which is I think, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that was um, like most families at the time or just our family, but it was just, it was just how it was. So um, yeah, it was super secretive. <laughs> yeah. So there was, yeah, there was none of that sort of real talk in the home. Wow. Is, is that why you've read that book? Um Childhood of um, but but yeah, go begin to go to your, we'll, we'll get, to get into your your books as well because you're you're an author as well, three best sellers, mate. Tell us how did you do that, man? Was, was it something that you like you you into writing marathons, and our books, author? Like man, what's what was going through here, man? What what's the big deal, man? What's the deal? Okay, well, first of all, first of all, I want to say something. Um, the the New Zealand bestsellers. So before anyone thinks, oh shit, Dom's like J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah. New York, New York where's, bestseller. Yeah. Where, where's where's that dude's Bentley? <laughs> no, a bestseller book in New Zealand means you sell like seven thousand copies. Whoa. So, um, in terms of like payment, it's probably the worst hourly rate I've ever done writing a book because <laughs> so much work goes into it for so little money. But um, the, the um. Yeah, the publishers that did it, uh, they're called Alan and Unwin, they came to me initially and they're like, oh, we think we think you could write a book. And I, um, I, I have this condition called imposter syndrome where I, I just always feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fake or a fraud and I'm about to be found out. You know, you're just always waiting for that, that tap on the shoulder. And it's, um, I've discovered this year from doing my podcast, like so many, so many people have the same thing, like in sports or whatever domain they're in. Um, but all, so for the publishers to say to me, oh, we believe in you. Yeah, we're going to take the risk. You know, we think you can do this. They sort of, I don't know, I, sort of, I suppose they pumped up my tyres and, and I did it and the first book went okay. And then they came to me and said, oh, we, we, believe in, we believe you could do another one. Like, why don't you do this book? And so I just sort of followed their lead. But I've, I've, I've never sort of had the self-belief or, you know, that self-confidence that I could go to them and say, hey, yo, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your guy. I got a book idea. Wow. Yeah, wow. I yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know where that comes from, but uh, I don't know I, I think the imposter syndrome thing it can be um, like a, a positive and a negative like it's like a, it's a negative in that you know you should be able to identify your strengths and weaknesses and celebrate your strengths and whatever, um, but then it's it's good in another way in that I think it keeps me honest like mm. it keeps me keeps me sm- you know yeah on your on your toes yeah, yeah, yeah it keeps yeah, me yeah. on my toes exactly. Wow. Because it makes you wonder how many how many other men are thinking, thinking the same thing, like the, oh imposter syndrome, like oh man I shouldn't be here, uh, I'm too I'm this is, I'm not really good at this, but they're there. Yeah. But, so yeah, it's, is that something that's quite 
common? Like I, saying, well, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Quite, like, I had Sir John Kerwin on my, my podcast, yeah, yeah. and when he was at his peak, like in the late 1980s, playing for the All Blacks, like scoring these amazing length of field tries, he was like, he'd finish the game after scoring like three tries and then be like, oh, I'm going to be dropped tomorrow. And it's like, it just makes no sense. No sense at all. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the brain. It's a tricky old thing, eh? Wow, man. How did, how did you come to understand more about that? And um, did you ever did it ever make you think about like the origins of where that imposter syndrome might have come from? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I um I, I heard someone on a podcast talking about it, so I ended up googling and doing a, a, a deep dive, and then it's like, oh shit, that sounds just like me. And it's quite um. Uh, I don't know when you when you can label something, it doesn't necessarily help, but it, it does make you feel less alone, I guess. And you realise there's a lot of people that feel exactly the same way. But in terms of the origins, I don't know. Maybe just growing up in a in a like a small town in New Zealand, like Palmerston North, where you never you're never expected to amount to much. I don't know. It could be from that. Probably need some more therapy to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, you guys ever had therapy? You've been to a therapist? No, no, no. I haven't had therapy. But Jay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. to a therapist before just to help unpack some things. And um, was that about the fertility stuff, or yeah, it was about that and and some other um, issues um, that I realised I was sort of compensating for. Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I think acknowledging and then trying to find, trying to go back in time and like think about some of the things that happened that. I, re- I thought were absolutely normal, only to be told, like, that's not normal. Um, and then, yeah, just thinking, like, shit, now what? <laughs> um, and so just, like, finding links between these things that happened as a kid and the behaviours that I had and realising why I think really helped me. Yeah, and now being able to share that with my wife, which was one of the hardest things, was like... Was it? Why was that the hardest thing? I think just acknowledging that you're broken mm. and that a lot of the pain that I've caused her has been because of these things I didn't understand. And I think there was a part of me that just felt like, am I the only one that has these struggles? Like mm. every other man in my life seems like they have it together. And here I am struggling with something that seems small that, you know, my mates are laughing at and, you know, it ain't, it's yeah. a non-issue. So yeah, you're not broken though. Yeah. Uh, you know that, eh? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm still coming to terms with that. So, yeah, again, there's a lot of negative self-talk that's like being hardwired almost. That it's just constant daily battle. So, oh, bro, <laughs> I, bro, I am the same. It's terrible. It's like I, I, I think I have a certain amount of self-respect. So, uh, like, if any of you guys sit here and tell me I'm shit or you, you, you say mean things to me over and over again, I, I'll just get up and walk out. Like, I'm not going to take that shit. But I'll. <laughs> speak to myself that way for hours and every day and you said it makes no sense it's like i wouldn't let anyone else speak to me that way why would i speak to myself that way it's like you, you it's like you're bullying yourself it's dumb why why because why is that dominant and jay uh, yeah because sometimes i go through the same thing sometimes like man i'm not good enough you know like oh man useless all that kind of stuff you all these negative kind of thoughts come and come to play but why is it that we do that to ourselves i do know why i do it now oh do you i do it because Nothing anyone can say about me will ever be as harsh as what I say about myself. So it's almost like a defense mechanism. Right. I'm trying to protect myself. So I have a lot of insecurities. Mm. But if I drill myself, 
someone can say the most hateful thing about me, the most spiteful thing, and it's like, well, that's nothing. Like, I'm, I, I tell myself way worse than that. Did you come to that realisation yourself, or was that from a therapist? Was I that think, like a truth bomb from a... I think that one was from myself. Right. Yeah, it was sort of came after therapy, but just making sense of why sometimes I'd be so harsh. When me and our siblings, we... We sort of roast each other a lot, and so we tease each other a lot. And sometimes I'd over, you know, I'd jump the shark and just go nuclear immediately. <laughs> just, just, just before they do it. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, thinking yeah, was like, true. if I sting them with everything I've got, they'll know. Okay, I won't make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a, a destructive attitude to have, but that was legitimate. Like that, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Like even with, even with good things, hey, I'm Dom and Jay. Like even when we do we do some amazing things, and even like with your podcast, you do some awesome stuff. Like, do you sometimes feel like do you sometimes like you were saying the negative thoughts? Do we sometimes feel like we kind of self sabotage ourselves? Like we do some cool things, and we think, man, I don't think I deserve this. Yeah, I agree. I don't know about self sabotage, but it just yeah it makes me just want to want to work harder, and I can never be sort of completely satisfied with where I'm at. And you know, <clears throat> you might have a moment where. Like you say, a book comes out and it does it does well, and you could be like, yeah, that's really cool, and you can celebrate it for a moment. Then it's like, right, what's next? I got to I got to worry about what's next. You can never just sort of like you know pause and breathe and relax. So that's what the last couple of years have sort of been. Uh, I've been on a bit of a journey trying to wow. figure that out. But yeah, there's a lot to figure out, eh? But therapy's good, eh? It's like a personal trainer for your brain. <laughs> so you've been taking therapy as well? Or I, I haven't, haven't been for a while, but I've, yeah, I've, I've had maybe half a dozen sessions with um, a therapist. And it, uh, going there for the first time, I was shit scared. It was, it's, uh, you know, and when I, got, when I left after that first session, I was like, why was I so fearful of that? Uh, it makes absolutely no sense. It's really cool. It's just basically someone someone listening to you and someone that's on your on your side. Like they're not like they don't listen to the situation and go, Well, you're in the wrong here. <laughs> you're a piece of shit. <laughs> they make you feel good and they just actually give you a different uh, like a different way of looking at things, uh, which you may have never considered before. That's why I asked if, if that was something you came to in your own realization or if it came from a therapist, because that felt like a therapist truth bomb. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I would have gotten it without the therapy, but right. it was yeah long after. Yeah. Mm. Thanks for sharing today. Yeah, been, no, that's yeah. been it's, it's no, awesome. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's been cool. I think it's just been awesome hearing and just not feeling, you know, just feeling nothing familiar yeah, and yeah. just yeah safe. I think yeah. yeah, it's been cool to talk about it. Oh, I'm not wrapping this up though. We're, oh, no, no, we're no, just no, getting no, warmed no, up. No, I just yeah, wanted no. to acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. I, I, yeah, I just love what you. I love that you, you're saying before I'm done. Like sometimes you feel that, you know, like because you've been already for so long that you, you start asking questions, which is cool. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, I did that. But I, think, but I think it's cool. But I think it's cool because we're actually having a cool conversation. Yeah. You know, so it's not like it's um, pre-planned or anything. It's just just organic, and we're just kind of talking as, as a bunch of you know, men, men mm. and brothers. And so your books, your, your 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 marathon, and the running, and so forth. What, what to what, what in the podcast? What, what do you see in terms of the future? What kind of like is there any other projects in the pipeline? Um, pipelines, Tom. I I, I I don't know. I've never been. Um, I've never been fantastic at goal setting. Like coming up with a like a, a one year plan, five year plan, ten year plan, or whatever. Um, I I just have faith that uh, you know if, if you work hard and you're constantly working hard then things just sort of manifest and happen. So I don't know with the, yeah, with the podcast journey I'm on, I, I've got, I'm the same as you guys. I've got no idea where it's going to end up or what it's going to lead to, but all I know is that it, it feels right. And cool, it feels cool. like a good thing to be doing. 
Uh, okay, what was like? Obviously, it's a, you know in terms of longevity. And so, what's what's that? What's the hope, Dom? In terms of the podcast, like surely you're like, oh, this is what I hope. This is what I, this is what I want to see. Oh, I'd love it to be a massive thing, like um, like the Joe Rogan of New Zealand sort yeah. of thing, or you know maybe lead to, I I don't know, like some some TV stuff or whatever. But I I just feel really good in the here and now that um, I'm having these really good conversations with really good people and they're going to remain online forever. Because um, through all my years in radio, we, we did some good stuff, we did some bad stuff. We, we did some very bad stuff. <laughs> um, but it's um, none of it remains, which is a, which is a blessing a blessing for the bad stuff <laughs> and a curse for the good stuff. So it's nice to um, have like a, a body of work now that's going to remain online and have that longevity. So... Yeah. A year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, someone can go back and listen to that interview with Mike King or cool, John man. Kerwin or whoever. It's cool. Man. Yeah, so cool. That's I love cool. that, and I love that we're on the same journey together. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. It's cool. You got well, well. I mean, you guys are you guys are next level compared to me. Like I'm, I'm filming shit on my iPhone using a selfie ring. You guys have got like massive lights here and cameras, and it looks like um. Looks like Pornhub headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the tinfoil uh, dogs. <laughs> so what, what, is, what is the plan for you guys and for this? Same thing, same thing as you. Um, longevity, de- definitely longevity. And then, like you're saying, you want to capture something um, for, for the long term that, that people can come back, the young men or the next generation can come back to it and go, wow, I didn't realise that. Oh, so they're going through the same thing. Like you said now, the men of today are still going through issues, the same issues that prior or years ago or even centuries ago, that people are still going through, men are still going through. And so if we can capture um, some of those awesome conversations and they're like, oh, how to, and, and be able to relate to some of those, those issues, how, how, how beneficial that would be for, for, mm. the, uh, for the next generation, man. Like, oh, wow, Dom did this. Dom said that, wow, I can actually go through this. I can actually kind of conquer this or surpass what's, what's, what's the, all the negativity in, in my head. Mm. And so the hope is that, you know, we continue to go and continue to um, encourage others and inspire other men out there. AJ, Ooh. oh, it's great! It's great. Well, so what, what about Pacifica men? Is is it a is, is is talking a thing, or are you supposed to be more sort of staunch? It is. It is. For me personally, um, Dom is because yeah, my dad was yeah typical kind of Pacific man. He was quite not not, not staunch, but more kind of stoic. Mm. He you know didn't really express a lot of emotions and it's, you know you didn't hit the yeah high five son and how give me a hug son love you it wasn't it wasn't like that in my household and and so yeah it's so but I, do, I knew he loved me you know you know there's there's love you know that he he worked several jobs and all that kind of stuff but he didn't really kind of, yeah I couldn't really have a conversation with dad in terms of how I was what was going through my mind if I was feeling down or you know puberty all that kind of stuff we didn't really have that conversation. Um, and I think there's, like you were saying before, there's 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 a journey, there's a there's a bit of a, a work to do in terms of our men, and not even just Pacifica, Pacifica a lot of men in general yeah. like find it's so hard to kind of to communicate the, the the emotions or what's going on in here, especially when they're going through some some tough times. It's it's really hard because you know I think a lot of men they do want to they do want to speak. People say that nah, men don't like to speak, but me, and you, hey, Dom, <laughs> men like to talk. We like to talk. <laughs> we, do. we like to talk. We and so depending on the on the op, given the opportunity, and depending on the question as well, and, and really being able to understand what's what's happening, and, and be, being bored, like you said, and being bored enough to to ask a question. Hey, are you all good, bro? You know, yeah. You know, sometimes we say, "Oh, you good, bro? What's what's our initial reaction?" 
sweet ass. Yeah, and so <laughs> and being, being able being able to kind of kind of recognize the song, but being able to kind of really um, be intentional about it, and also mm. being you know having you know, having the the heart to like, hey, we want to yeah, no, I want to know how you got you going. Yeah, I think that's the key. I asking that second time. You're good, bro. No, yeah, no, 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 really. I, are you? Yeah. Hey, how are you? Are yeah, you all good? Exactly. And yeah, like asking yeah. with intention. Yeah, that's, that's mm. true. I but I feel like, um, I don't know, you guys probably have a, a, a better um, lens on this than what I do since I, I don't have kids. But I feel like um, it, like generationally it should get better and better. Like, you, you know, the way you were raised, like you're like, well, mum and dad did this. I don't want to do that with my kids. So I feel like things get better. Is that, is that how it is? Do you think, like, you, do you guys think you guys are better dads than what your dads were? No, I'm not throwing your dads under the bus. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So. Well, obviously. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, though, like like you said, like generationally, it, I think this it does improve. But there are new challenges in the world that mm, sort of mm. almost reset the balance. So there's always going to be a divide there that the battlefield just looks different. Um, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. What do you mean, like social media, TikTok, uh, just yeah. ev- all the temptations, everything? Yeah, yeah. Technology yeah, you're right. Sure and, a, and, a lo- and a lot of ways, it's probably never been harder to be a parent, hey? Because it's like there's so many, so many choices, so many options, so many decisions now. Mm. And mm. then just mm. thinking about like discipline back in the day, like man, the beatings <laughs> usually you just automatically <laughs> the get, hugs, get, the get hugs a hiding. Yeah. <laughs> I hit you because I love you, kind of thing. Oh, um, yeah. But obviously today that's not a thing now. So. Yeah. Were you jandal or belt? <laughs> mate, it was a bit of both, mate. Or, 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 you so prefer the jandal, I think, over the belt. Yes, yeah, yeah. like jandal belt or, or boot up the arse. Was a, <laughs> so for, 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 for me and our family, it was always um, mum would be like, wait until your father gets home. And then oh. um, hours later, like, so I, we might be three or four years old. And then, like, hours and hours later, you can't even remember what you're in trouble for. But dad gets home and then he, he put, put, put us over the bed and it'd be like, um, like, like he he never went overboard. Like it was always done like correctively, but he'd like he'd be like, "This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you." And even back then, I remember thinking, "How? No, it's not. How? How's it going to hurt? How is it going to hurt you at all?" <laughs> so you, you you remember that? Um, I don't know. But I like I've I've got no grudge or anything about it though, like because it was always done it was always done like um with love and with a correctional thing, but. Yeah, shit, it it hurt. It hurt, and I was a, I was a real I was a real little little bitch about it. Like I'd be trying to cover my cover my butt with my hand. My brother, on the other hand, he was two years younger than me, had to look back and just give my dad the evils. And he goes, just, "You don't scare me." Are you serious? Like, yeah, my little brother. Oh, he, was like, oh, he was like possessed. <laughs> did he get a worse worse beating after that? I feel like he probably did. Like, <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't if your dad standing there with the belt? Wouldn't you take it as a challenge? Like, <laughs> oh man, you get some kids like that. This sounds so familiar. So <laughs> It'll be a bit of both though. Sometimes it's like, oh, if you're like sort of jerking out of the way, then it's like, nah, you're getting another one until I like, get you properly. Oh, <laughs> So yeah, whenever whenever mum did it, it was only ever like mum would normally be like, wait until your father gets home. So whenever she did it, it was just because she was at that tipping point, like she was in a, a rage, and she'd just like grab a wooden spoon or whatever. She snapped so many of those things. Eh? <laughs> like if you if you flick it right, you get it good, but otherwise, it's just gonna snap. <laughs> oh. 
Oh man, it's crazy because you, you you're bringing back some bad memories, Dom. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's it's cool. I think it's a cool conversation we're, that we're having in terms of our own upbringings and so forth, and also kind of are men vulnerable? Are we able to talk and are we able to communicate? And why is it that we're not able to communicate um, more so than than our counterparts, our our, our ladies? Um, and mm. it's something that we kind of something that kind of will evolve and kind of the, the walls kind of breaking down. Yeah. Uh, but I love the, the fact that we um, you know we can we can actually have this conversation. You know, hey, because I think in a few years, few years prior, I don't think we'd be able to. Kind of, oh, not really. And it's true what you said. It's funny that being in a podcast, you feel like you you're able to share, mm. and it's, and it feels like it's a, I don't know is it because we're creating a, a safe space. Or was it just you just feel yeah. like you know we're having a, 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 you know an intentional conversation and then we all kind of feel safe or do we just because what, what is it Dom because you're, you're you're podcasters well we're podcasters interviewing podcasters mm. and so you know it, it must be different it's like being on the other side like oh these guys are interviewing me now or talking to me now yeah I I feel like um, you hit the nail on the head when you said it's like a safe space sort of thing um, but I mean the the good thing is like I yeah I just met you guys uh, like an hour and a half ago and we and we've had this chat and so I feel like after after this chat you know I feel like we could we could be like friends for life for sure, like because it feels like we've just immediately and we had to do this out of necessity because we're talking into these microphones doing a podcast but we've broken down those superficial layers which are, as guys often takes you know maybe like ten meetings with a, with another dude to do you know. But you can only talk about the Warriors so much. <laughs> Don't talk about the Warriors. Next Tom. year's our year. <laughs> Next year's our year. Yeah, we had the Mad Butcher on, the Super Mad Butcher. Oh, mate, he's a, he's a crack up. Oh, you had Butch on? Oh, did you? Mate, yeah, we had him on. He was, he was, he was amazing. He's a, yeah, just, you know, yeah, the, the Butcher, he's just, just a con, okay, just, just, uh, you know, full of wisdom as well. And so he, yeah. he's speaking about a generation that's, you know, that's, that's um yeah that's some some amazing stuff and then even he was saying he was he was able to talk AJ he was even like able to kind of share some of some of the stories and and not even feel like oh okay I don't know these guys and he he felt comfortable to share mm. so he's such a he's such a New Zealand icon such a great man like the the things that he's done um that that no one would ever see like in terms of like giving out his number to people and hooking people mm. up with stuff like not stuff that he's even doing for publicity or any clout or anything but just stuff that he's done for so many hundreds or even thousands of people over the years just because he's a good bastard he is man he is 100 mm. percent um um dom he did some cool things with us you know hey um jay he was just just lovely just a lovely man and so lovely yeah. human being so yeah he, you're absolutely right yeah i really felt from a few years ago there was a thing like he he made um an inappropriate joke to someone on he was over on waikiki island yeah. and he made a joke like saying this is this is white man's island now or something like that <laughs> which which, which yeah anyway, that's, that's, that's the butcher that's the butcher uh, yeah and it was just <laughs> it was a funny and, and, and he 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 was like the subject of a pile on for a few days and i i thought he probably earned a, a you know, he deserved a little bit of grace for that. I, I don't know, because he's done so much good stuff. Yeah. Um, I know near Monty and a couple of others, like, he's spoken his defence, but, you know, when, when that, a pile-on like that's happening, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. But thankfully he got through it, but it's like, man, that's a guy that doesn't, you know. He's an old dude that made a, <laughs> made a bad joke and, you know, or a slip of the tongue or yeah. whatever, but he's done so many, so much good for so many people. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, that's the thing, Dom, like, if you don't know the bad butcher... And he cracks those jokes, you know. Oh, that's that's just that's, that's, that's you know that's him just being the yeah. butcher. But you know, if you don't know him, like, oh, 
and people take offense to that real quick. And like, mm. oh, I shouldn't have said that. All that kind of, all that kind of jazz. But if you get to really know him, he's, he's a lovely man. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, man. And that's one of the things that I think about today's world, like cancel culture is so real now. Like people can have, you know, you talked about the Mad Butcher having, so he's done so much good, um, but someone can, you know, have a slip up and the world can turn on them just like that. Yeah. Um, does that ever sort of weigh on your mind? Um, yeah, well, you know, podcasting and just being out and about with, with everything that you do? Oh, with the, with the with the podcast now, I'm um I'm not really pushing any boundaries or anything. I'm just having good. It's um it's it's kind of like what you guys are doing. It's just like good good conversations. But um, I mean, with stuff I've done on the radio over the years, like there's always a chance that some of that could resurface. But uh, anyone that does that, I, I I think it's really unfair. It's really cruel. It's like um, you people. I saw a thing on BuzzFeed or some website like about a year ago. People were going for friends because apparently it's um, there was some homophobic stuff in there or whatever. And it's like you you, you can't be offended. Well, you can be offended about that now, but you you weren't there. And if you were there at the time, you would have laughed at it. We all laughed at it. It was funny at the yeah, time. Yeah. It's not funny now, and we know that. And thank God. But you can't rewrite history. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. I always think that context yeah. is so important, yeah, eh? and yeah. people just it is. like it just is. remember it is. that it was at a place time. It yeah, it it's it's not getting the full context, and then people kind of jump. At like obviously, we, we do snippets as well, but but when people just just troll for the sake of trolling and just 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 kind of getting a glimpse or just portions of of the actual conversation, it's like, oh mate, have you seen? Have you have you listened? Have you watched the full context? Mm. And, but people just I don't know for some reason people just like to. I think pe- pe- people people like being outraged. Hey, they, they, they it's like there's um, an empowerment they get from being offended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, um, but yeah, it is what it is. How do, how do you do with a dom? Because I, I don't know. You, do you obviously, I'm thinking. I'm assuming. Do you get some people who just jump on the podcast and just start trolling you and and say, "Hey, this is no." I'm 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 lucky with with the podcast so far. It's been um, it's been nothing but cool, love. Eh? Cool, it's been cool. it's been awesome. It's been positive. But when you're on um, like a big um, mainstream nationwide radio station, it's definitely a thing. Yeah, you have to be so careful. Um, but no, the, the the podcast space it's um it's good. It's cool. So, yeah. radio, like you, you would. Did you would you read some of those comments or would you just like nah, I'm not <laughs> oh. I'm not going there. Oh, it's, it's funny. So people can text in all the time. So there was a text number and you see all the texts that come in, and it's quite funny. Eh? Like the the human psychology. Like you could have um, ten messages that come in say, "Oh, that was crack up, Dom. You're the man, whatever." And then one that's negative, and that's the. It's almost like that one is in red ink. <laughs> like that's the one that 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 hits you. I don't know. It is. Eh? It is. Mm. Well, they do say. Well, they do say. Like, it takes twice as hard to kind of um, just to get out of the negativity. You have to be positive. You know, mm. it takes twice as hard at work in terms of being positive and then negativity. Man, it just man, it just takes one. Like you're saying, just just takes one comment or yeah. one troll, and it's just man. And you solely focus on that. And I don't know how that works in terms of of the brain and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Yeah, Jeez, I don't know why. It's just yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about how you sort of recharge yourself. Um, like I, I know you have running, um, but do you ever feel like you need a break from that, or like is there another hobby that you do to kind of <laughs> recharge yourself a bit? Um, what other hobbies do I have? No, I um I get so much joy out of running, eh? And j- just sort of movement, and I I just know to take care of myself. Like um, I I I, I like getting a lot of sleep. Good night's sleep's good. A bath is good. I love having a bath. 
Do you, are you guys? Are you bath guys? No, not, no, no. I, haven't, I, haven't I think it's quite weird. I, I reckon I'm like I'm like 49 percent female. I eh? like it. I Although love that. When you're in the bath, though, it's amazing to relax. I mean, I have yes. got to pick the moments. So when the kids are asleep and there's time for it, the bath is way more relaxing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With kids, like I suppose there's always noise, and you can't even go to the bathroom without dead, dead, dead. But you know, I yeah. I, I love getting a bath bomb from Lush or somewhere and <laughs> having a bath, pampering myself. Good on you, mate. Good on you. I'll tell you what, we, like, whenever I go to, you know when they have like a wedding weekend and there's like a stag doing a hen's do, and the guys go like fishing or clay bird <laughs> shooting yeah. or whatever, I'm always like, oh, I want to go with the chicks. I want to I want to go to the day spa. I want to have a hot stone massage. <laughs> Is there, is, there, is, there, is there a deeper reason why you would like to go with... Oh, mate, no, but you're lucky because I, I don't have a path. Yeah. I just have to just a regular shower, so, you know, so, yeah. So no, there's cool. no, there's no um, sinister reason there. It's just like, <laughs> whenever I'm playing paintball, it's like, you, you know the satisfaction you get when you shoot one of your mates? That's good, but it's not enough to... To take away the sting when someone shoots me, like, it's like, ow, that really hurts. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I just don't get enough satisfaction out of it, oh, and I'm man. terrible. I'm, I'm tall and I'm I'm a big target. I get shot a lot, mate. No, <laughs> that's why you could always be short and a big target. Good <laughs> <laughs> news. Oh yeah, I could outrun you. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be good. Oh man, Tom. Pop, pop, pop. Oh, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's just been, hey, Jay, it's just been a cool conversation. I think you're one of the, the very few that we just kind of like, yeah, it's just kind of every, everything, we just can talk about everything. We can just kind of have a raw conversation. It's just it's very organic, um, um, Jay. But uh, I'm, I'm also more for, for time as well, um, Dom. But Dom, you know, obviously with the podcast with uh, Runners Only, and, and you kind of shared your hope about Runners Only, and you, you said something um, briefly about, TV, is it is this something that you would like in terms of like you got your podcast or more that when you talk about TV, are you talking about acting? Are you talking about an actual TV show? What what's what's that oh, all about? I don't, I don't know. Like I could I could see the um def, definitely not acting. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> I don't know. Can you imagine me acting? Like Bro, you never know. But you know, there's, not, just, <laughs> you know there's, there's just things that you know you're not going to be good at. Like you like you you're not going to be good at at, at pole vault. I just can't. Can you see him pole vaulting? I can't what, see him pole vaulting. He's got the record. He's got the record of the school. He did a little bigger pole. <laughs> did you not know that, dog? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> acting, but no. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, um, I feel like the, the sort of conversations that, that you, you guys do or that I do or there's some other great podcasts as well, like Between Two Beers, I feel like it would, um, they, they could potentially translate to um, sort of a, the TV format. TV interviews in the past, you know, you've got shows like um, Seven Sharp and The Project and they do like those sort of radio interviews we were talking about before, like they have a four minute interview with someone, but I feel like there's more of an appetite now uh, for people to listen to long form discussions, so I would there be a place for that on like free to air TV? I, I don't know, but potentially. It's cool, it's yeah. cool, it'd be cool, no, we'll, we'll, keep an, we'll keep an eye out, um, you never know mate. 
probably in the yeah i feel like you, you guys are almost already there like your video content is next level that's part of the reason i want to come out here today just to see how you guys oh mate no, how you guys good. are doing it your stuff is just so sharp oh thanks mate thank you for that props to, to brad, uh, brad brad busby yeah 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 yeah, yeah, brad. yeah, yeah. Brad. glad he dressed up for the occasion yeah. <laughs> wearing, a, wearing a maroon the, singlet they, the they, they heard it was, oh, it's just told me just told me yeah this is um this is Mate, that's that's oh. some that's some form there, um, um, Dom. Some form there. But Dom, is 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 there like a, is there like a guest like obviously of the podcast? Is there like a guest like your like a dream guest that you would love to have on your podcast? Like you, oh, this would be this person would be awesome to have on the runners only. Yeah, I'd I'd love to um like get to the point where. Um, I can grow and I can I can like get out of New Zealand and get some more like international people on. Um, in terms of a wish list, I, I don't really know specifically, but just the the bigger the better. Mm. But I feel like you have to you have to earn your stripes. So eh? you have to yeah. you have to like crawl before you can walk, and you have to grow it, and you have to get yeah, it. Yeah. No, no Olympians, no no marathon runners, and oh, oh yeah, uh, Elliot Kipchoge, who's oh, yes. um, the world's um the great he's he's at his peak at the moment and he's the the greatest marathon runner of all time and it's such an it's such a nerdy sport like i'll i'll watch a marathon when it's on tv no one else will when was the last time <laughs> one of you bastards night <laughs> to watch the berlin marathon i can remember man <laughs> like i understand like in terms of sports to watch on tv it's worse than golf like just watching <laughs> watching a bunch of Africans run for two hours. Like but I love it. I nerd out on it. And so there's this guy, Elliot Kipchoge. He recently, like a month ago, broke his own world record. He's like just the fastest man ever. Like n- next time you're at the gym, put the treadmill on like twenty-one kilometers an hour. And you just see how long you can keep that up for because Kipchoge does that for like two hours. Like three minute kilometer pace. Like what would be a sprinting pace for most of us? He he does that for two hours. It's just phenomenal. Wow. Phenomenal. Insane. That's crazy. Wow. Well, what makes like a marathon runner special? Is it like partly genetics? Is it technique? Is there like drugs? <laughs> no. No. I'll tell you what. You know, <laughs> you know when um, that Lance Armstrong guy at the cycle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, like, uh, uh, I, I was into cycling at, at the time and uh, you know, I knew that everyone in cycling was in, was was into drugs. So it's like a massive thing and he would just did it better than anyone. But if Kipchoge ever tested positive for drugs, I'd be heartbroken. I'd be absolutely disillusioned and devastated. But in terms of what makes him so good, I I don't know. Like, uh, there must be, there must just be a certain amount of like natural ability there. Like he was really when he was younger, he won like gold medals at the Olympics for the five thousand and ten thousand meters. And then as he got older, he just branched out to marathons. But he's just a he's just a freak. Um, but it's such a niche sort of sport that yeah, he he's like a, I'm looking at a picture of Michael Jordan on the the wall here. Mm. Like he he's the Michael Jordan of um, marathon running. But you know, you could say, well, Michael Jordan was the best of his generation. But now you got LeBron, you got Kobe, whatever. Insert name here. But Kipchoge is unparalleled. Like he is just that much better than what anyone else has ever been. It's crazy. Can't say crazy, man. Oh, you don't, don't. You don't have to act so interested. I know it's boring. No, 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 no. no. Straight after this time, with G, and they're going to watch some marathons. Eh? <laughs> 
<laughs> doesn't look like I've uh, ever watched a marathon uh, ever. <laughs> you guys, watch, it's probably on YouTube, but I reckon you guys will watch like the first three minutes and then be like, oh, let's just go. Who wins the race? <laughs> <laughs> three minutes to the end. I see your type. Fake fans. <laughs> oh, day one, what day one is, man. We've got a premium seat on the bandwagon, day man. One. Get out. <laughs> on the bandwagon with some popcorn. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, I don't know. I suppose it's one of those things that's like um, any sport you see on, on TV, um, they make it look easy. Like you, you watch NBA games, they make basketball look easy. And then you go and shoot hoops yourself, you realise how hard yeah. it is. <laughs> like, I could stand at that free throw line for days firing shots and not get one in. They never miss. So I think when with marathon running for me, it's like you know how hard it is, you know how far it is. So when you see someone make it look so effortless, it's a gift to watch. Wow. I think that's interesting because I think that applies – to life in general with any kind of work or even podcasting yeah. I have so much you know appreciation for other podcasts now knowing some of the work and the stresses that happen behind the scenes so yeah no absolutely I think that's sort of applicable to life yeah you guys you guys love what you're doing it's a yeah. it's it's time consuming eh? it's a hobby and I understand that like we're, we're recording this on a, a Tuesday evening and this is your fa- this could be family time so you make sacrifices to be here but yeah, yeah as sure. long as you love it Oh no, I do. And yeah, the best thing about it, um, Dom, is that you get to do with some real good mates. And so we are. We're just yeah. So Jay and I and Charles and Brad, just we just love it. We just love it. And the hope is, like we were saying before, that other men can just kind of grasp uh, what's the, the content. Thinking, man, I, that really helped me. So yeah, as long you, as we're helping someone, yeah. You guys cover some real good stuff. Where Where is Charles? Nice of him to turn up today. <laughs> Not a, not, a, not a fan of the old look at the camera. Call him out. Yeah. Call him out. Oh, Charles, where are you? Eh? T- too good for us now that you've become king. <laughs> oh, man, Charles. Yeah, no, he says his, his apologies. And so, yeah, no, he's, he's probably out running, yeah. Yeah, well, he never. Because he's on that. He's he's on that. Um, he's doing a weight loss challenge. Oh, is he? Yeah, actual. Yeah. And, and he he booked it on the days that we film. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, oh, he's done a bit of a marathon as well, eh? So yeah. So he's, yeah, he's, oh man, yeah, he would have been awesome. He would have loved to talk to you about marathons. Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Charles, guys. One shot's me. gone, man. <laughs> I had your back, man, I had your back. <laughs> oh, man. But on, on marathons and, 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 and on running down, because I love for you to talk about the five, what, five, what was it, the five marathons in five days? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that was an amazing course. You, you did um, you did that, what, you raised, what, 250,000, was it? Yeah, that was, that was cool. That was just, um, uh, yeah, that was the thing we did a few years ago. So five marathons, there, there, there's this young girl from um, the Waikato called Kawalani Forbes, and um, her, her her parents had, she was she basically had, she was a preschooler, and she basically had cancer, like, most of her little life, like, and her parents had been through, had done everything they could. They remortgaged the house. They had like fund, fundraisers. Um, everyone in their family had given whatever they could and they just like exhausted everything. And when we met them, they were just, I don't know, they were, they were just like shells of their, their former self. So I, I came up with the, the idea. They needed this um, like quarter of a million bucks um, to get this, um, this treatment that could only be, couldn't be done in New Zealand, could only be done in Barcelona. So we, I came up with the idea of like doing the five marathons in, in five days, but like we, I mean, we had no way of knowing how much money we would raise or, or you know, how, if people would buy into it or come to the party. Um, and it was very slow in, in the, the beginning, but by, by day five, the fifth marathon, like it started snowballing and they got exactly the amount they needed, like quarter of a million. And I'll, um, ha- yeah, ha- have a link to that family forever. Like, uh, 
Yeah, and she, I mean, the treatment has been successful. Like, she's, she's still alive. She's got massive health complications. Like, she's had so many, so many operations, but she's still here and she's still alive. And um, uh, it was just humbling. But I mean, I, I was the one that did the running, but it was, that was a big team thing. That was the big team at the edge. And also, the, the people that listened to the edge that sort of like bought into it and donated money because 50,000 of that came from, um, there, was, there was a big donation from, um, uh, ANZ Bank who came in on the, the last day um, but the other 200,000 it was if you look at the Give a Little page it was mainly like five bucks here ten bucks there so you know that was just like um, New Z- like New- the Edge listeners coming together as a community and helping out this family that they didn't know other than like little sound bites and stuff that we'd played on the radio so that was really cool that was um, yeah it's one of the proudest moments of my life actually that's incredible and, yeah it was Shit, it was the uh, it was the most rewarding thing. It really was. So day day four of the five that was in um, Hamilton, where the family's from, and uh, it, it was a, a wet day and it was a cold day and it was misty and it was the most boring route. It was just like loops of the Hamilton Lake, which is about five k's. So it was punishing. And then uh, when it finished, um, there was a, like a, a local high school that I have got a link to the family, and they came and um, like performed a haka for me. And it's the only time in my life I've ever had that. I think it's the only time. And my life that I'll ever do something that's worthy of that, and um, I'll I'll never forget it. You know, there's just things like that. The haka, um, someone came and gave me some um, like beads of courage that they made up, and uh, yeah, there were just things like that. Like little, I'm not overly <coughs> sentimental like with material pression, um, uh, possessions, but like those beads of courage, like that's something I've got in my room and I see every day. And oh, um, yeah, I mean it's just humbling. It's so nice, and it was such a cool thing to be part of. So there's like some, you know, d- dumb stuff we did on the radio over the years where, you know, you've, you've offended people, sometimes sometimes deliberately, sometimes not, and I'm not not overly proud of that stuff, but then there's things like that and it's like, yeah, that was cool. That was a, that was a good use of the, um, the radio platform. But you can't do that all the time. Like, you don't want to listen to a radio show where they're asking for money all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is incredible, man. This is incredible. Just, just... So what triggered that? Was it just because you just felt like was it off the cuff, or did you just was it like just okay? I just need to do something. Oh, well, someone someone brought the family on our radar because they were on um they were on a, a TV show like um uh, maybe Mariah or um, Takarari or Sunday or something, and they showed us this clip of the family, and I was like, shit, man, we're gonna try and do something. Um, and I came up with the, the the idea to to do the running like five marathons in five days, and I had no idea if I could if I could physically do it or not. Um, and I told my boss at the time, and he's like, "That's cool. If we start and and you can't finish it, we'll we'll manage it somehow, and everyone will will understand." But um, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's one of those ones that was um like physically, it's it's very very hard. And uh, every day when you start running, it's you know until your body warms up, it was bloody hard and physically and mentally but um i i came to the realization when you're running for like a like a, a higher purpose or some something bigger than yourself um you know it becomes possible like if i was doing it just for just as a like a personal challenge in lockdown i think i would have like pulled out after day one i'll be like day two nah i'm good <laughs> yeah. but um because you're doing it for you know such a, a worthy cause and such a such a big cause and such cool people it it bec- suddenly the impossible becomes possible. Oh man, that's so cool, man. That's yeah. so cool. And it's because the purpose of behind it is 100%. Yeah. She's amazing what the body can do. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially when the mind's like, "Say I'm tired, man," but the body, just, <laughs> the, the, the body's like, "Come on, you can yeah. do it." Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's incredible, bro. This and it just makes me think about how hard it must be, or like, I don't know, maybe it's not hard, but just outside or like in your regular regular life, like, how do you find a higher purpose or a higher value so that you can go about your day to day having that high of like, you know, push through no matter what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. But um, I think that's, de- that's definitely the key. Eh? That was like a, an epiphany for me with doing that five and five. It's like, you know, anything is possible if you're doing it for, you know, uh, the right cause, the right sure. reason. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's a, <laughs> it sort of makes me think about how there's things that get it slide if it's, you know, if it's only you um, at stake, but when the stakes are high and, you know, someone else is depending on you, something about you just... Just unlock another gear where you're yeah, willing you, to go this You just find it. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing. That is, it's so amazing. I, no, I can imagine, you know, that, that, that girl. Because how, how old is she now, um, Dom? Kawanani. Ah, she's probably like eight, I guess. Eight. Yeah. It's eight. And then you had a, had a part to play in terms of, you know, just keeping her alive and, and just all those, I don't know, medical bills and so forth, treatment. But, mate, it's just, that's... That's crazy, man. I think that's kudos, 100% kudos to you, mate, because, bro, because I can imagine people, oh, that's a bit, that, you know, you, you, now you're just kind of, yeah, because sometimes you, 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 you come up with this idea that, oh, yeah, I did five marathons in five days, and you feel like, oh, man, I think I've chewed a... <laughs> yeah, 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 but I've chewed a... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, like, um, yeah, so, like, le- leading up to it, I'd, I'd, like, wake up in, in the middle of the night in a panic, like, thinking, oh, my God, like... It felt like there was so much so much pressure on me. Even though I, I was the one doing the running, but I was I was I was one small part of a very big team that was um, organising this. But it felt like there was so much pressure on me, and I was like, "What if I can't? What if I just can't do it? Like, what if I just can't?" And the the fear is debilitating. Um, but thankfully, yeah, you, you just do. You just you know, day by day, you just get up and start running again and get through it. Right. I can only imagine the relief at the end. Oh, bro! Like, you got oh. no idea. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> when you got when you got to Friday morning, so so day five. Um, actually, like starting, so each day it was in a different part of the country. So Monday it was Auckland, then Tuesday Christchurch, Wednesday Wellington, Thursday Hamilton, Friday Auckland again. Um, the Christchurch one on Tuesday, in a lot of ways, was probably the hardest, and I think that's because, in hindsight, it's like. Oh man, I'm so exhausted, and we're only just getting started. So you're looking at, <laughs> you know, you instead of just take taking it one step at a time, like I talked about before, you're looking at Wednesday's run or Thursday's run or Friday's run. But your Friday, I mean, Friday's run, the fifth out of the five, it was hard, but it was like, but at that stage, I knew I was going to get through it. It was like, even if something happens now, even if my knee gives way or something gives way, we can walk it now, and we're going to get it finished. And uh, that was um. Such an incredible feeling. Wow. Yeah. And so what did you do when you crossed the line, the finishing line? What did you do? Did you just, did you jump? Oh, I had just, John, John, just... John and Ben with there because they were doing the afternoon show. Oh. So they thrust, a, they thrust a microphone in my, right <laughs> in, in your face. face. Asked me for a comment. Oh, mate. <laughs> um, no, it, it, was, it was so good, man. And then, um, yeah, some of the family was there. And, uh, yeah, there's just like hugs all around. And I think um, rather than just be like – like tired at that point I was just like ex- I just felt good I felt excited and it was like job done yeah 
That just goes to show a um, Dom just and, a, and you've proved it, mate. Like if you're going through some hard times and just, just you know, and you got no, you know, you feel like there's no purpose. But if you do have purpose, you know, it's just you know, you just you can push, you can push through, and you can accomplish some amazing things. Yeah, that's and I think a lot of our men need to hear that. Need to hear, and I'm glad you share that story because there could be someone out there listening and watching and go, oh man, I'm just going through some real crap. And they want to accomplish some stuff, and they think, oh, "I can't do this. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe I need to give up." But for you to share that story and think, "Oh man, if Dom's doing that, then maybe, maybe." Yeah, oh, honestly, anyone can. And I'm happy to that. That story makes me sound like a badass, so I'm happy to share it. Mate, yeah, one hundred percent, man. <laughs> no, no, no. It's cool. I, I, I truly believe that. Like, um, you know, people say like anything you put your mind to, it's possible. I don't think that's entirely true. It's like, um, you know, I. I would have never made an All Black or anything like that. Um, and like Richie McCall, one of the greatest All Blacks ever, he was never going to make a good jockey, was he? Can you imagine Richie? On the, <laughs> no, no he's so too big. Not everything's possible, but there is what is possible is way, way more than what you think you're capable of if you just put your mind to it. Mate, I mean, need to hear that, mate. I mean, need to hear that 100%. Mm. Jay, any, any any last words before we wrap up with um, the amazing Dom? <laughs> he must have some last words. He's been writing notes. I'm writing notes with this red pen <laughs> in a very, very small font. Yeah, yeah. Can't read it from teacher's here. marking you. Yeah. <laughs> teacher's marking. I'm curious about um, what the legacy will be for Dom. At the end of the day, when this, when the dust settles, what will be your legacy? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like legacy is for like, other people to decide. But um, oh, a, a good friend of mine who you had on an earlier episode of the, the podcast, um, Nixon Clark, a good friend of mine uh, we um we were chatting and he was like oh yeah man you 20 years at the edge that's going to be your legacy and i i was thinking at the time i don't know like what i'm doing at the moment with the podcast i'd, I'd like to think yeah i'm i think i'm th- there's parts of me at the moment that's um more proud of like what i'm doing now so but i, I don't know yeah, in terms of legacy i feel like that's um yeah that's up to other people but I'd, yeah I'd, yeah i don't yeah i don't know I don't know. I suppose legacy, that's like after you die, eh? Is mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah what well, you remembered yeah. for? Well, I won't even be around <laughs> for it. <laughs> I mean, it'd be buried in the ground. <laughs> but, mate, you do some good stuff, mate. Like you said, 20 years, and now you're doing your podcast. I think, if anything, you're really influencing a lot of people, regardless of if people think it's bad or good. Mate, you're, you're influencing. And I think if you're runners only, there's a lot of positivity there, and a lot of, and a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of love. People are loving it, and so if anything, your your legacy is going to be one of, you know, I'm just kind of sort of speaking out of speaking into existence like this. It's just going to be real positive, um, mm. Dom. And so, well, well done, mate. Well done, also, man. All love also, fool, also, man. Thank you so much. But hey, Dom, <sighs> did, you, did I just Dom. get called Uso? Yeah, man. You're also, man. I'm, I'm I've always <laughs> wanted to be someone's Uso. Man, you also, man. You also, man. <laughs> I, I, I want to call people like when the, the barbers I go to like I, I want to call them my I, I just don't feel comfortable with it I don't feel like it's it's my word to use mate use it man you are you are certified also man absolutely, absolutely. yeah 100% oh, man my uso yeah man uso <laughs> so you get you, you get uso you get toko you get tox or us so hey you, that, that's you man you, you're a certified uso man so also, every guest that comes on, we always give them a gift, a bit of a caricature or a bit of a sketch. And so the same thing for you, my, my friend, Mausul. This is for you. He's 
gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, thank you so much, Tom. It's just, just been a, a cool conversation. Uh, I love it. I love it. It's just one of those conversations that we're able to have as, as, as usos, as brothers. And mate, it's just um, a plethora and, and, and a wealth of ex- experience and knowledge, man. So, man, 20 years. And yeah, I hopefully pray for 20 more, 20 more years with um, Runners Only in the podcast, man. We have been so blessed, eh, um, Jay? Blessed. Yeah. So, oh, I, th- I feel like I'm just getting started. I've got so much, so, much, so much energy and so much I want to do. You know, there's a lot of people, um, that I suppose they get to their 40s or whatever and they start like winding down the clock, but it's like, no, this is half time in your life. You're just getting started. But um, I love what you guys are doing as well. I I don't want to turn this into a mutual appreciation thing, but that that is what it is. is. Like what you guys are doing is great. You're bringing out some really cool conversations with some really cool people. I'm full of admiration of what you guys are doing too. Oh, man, cheers. Is is anyone in particular, Tom, that you think that would be ideal to come on the podcast? Anyone that you think of the top of your head? Man, do I just have to pick one or? Why don't you have several? Have you got, oh, yeah. have you got a few? Scribe would be amazing. Oh, man. Scribe would yeah, be good. Scribe. And um, um, another radio guy, Nate Nower. Oh, oh mate, yeah. mate, we are. Oh, man, oh, man, Nate from, um, he used to be at my FM in the day. Yeah, now, yeah, there, yeah, Nate. There's a guy, there's a guy, it's not my story to tell, but he's he's been through, he, super, super talented. Cool. Like, just cool. a remarkable guy. So funny. Such a good dude. Been through some shit. And it'd be great to have on your podcast. Oh, cool. awesome, mate. Awesome. And if you get him on, send my, send my love. Oh, we'll do. We'll do. We'll do. Yeah. Nate, Nate, scribe, man, be cool. Um, otherwise, we always give, leave the, the last word to our guests. Any words of encouragement for our men out there, Dom? Anything you want to? Just, um, yeah, just, just, just live your best life. Um, be your authentic self. And um, yeah, don't, be, don't be scared to show some uh, vulnerability. It's, not, it's actually not weak. It's actually s- stronger. And I think I came to that realisation a few years ago when um, a, a mate of mine uh, took his own life and it occurred to me he's like any one of us and uh, it was easier for him to make that decision to take his own life rather than to talk to people about it. And it kind of it scared me a little bit because uh, I thought if it could happen to him, it could happen to any one of us. So oh. just speak and share and I feel like you guys are um, yeah, paving the way in that. Oh, you cheers, a great job. Thank Thanks, you. thank you also. That's yeah. okay, Docs. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh I'm getting covered. Can I end with a, with a chahu? Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. Yeah, that's cool, that's good, man. Chahu! Was that good? <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. That's good. It feels like it was very white. That's right. <laughs> oh, there's room for improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the diaphragm, the diaphragm, Oh, really? <laughs> People show us that. Yeah. Chahu! Well, oh, that was a lot. I've got goosebumps. <laughs> That was good. Uh, thank you. Hey, don't forget to like, uh, subscribe, and comment, and uh, look forward to your, your well thought out comments. Otherwise, once again, thank you to Dom, Jay, um, as usual. Our mantras refine, unlock, and take, take charge. charge. Bending. <laughs>